0: Good morning, Gator Nation. My name is Casey Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the All Kinds of Weather Forecast. Neil,
1: how do you feel after last night? feel good, man. I've got about 40% of my voice back. Um, shout out, by the way. This is the first time Casey and I, or, or any of us at the All Kinds of Weather Forecast, have ever done a pod together in the same room. We're- yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, be- here in beautiful Tampa, Florida
0: after a uh, big Gator win in Gainesville last night. So
1: before we hop right into it, Neil, I think you want to do a shout-out. Yes, the Gator Good Foundation. Guys, um, Gator Nation, each and every one of y'all who made that possible, you made Ontario joness I don't even want to say day or week or year. You made his, like, decade with that. He had an absolute blast, and it was possible because of each and every one of y'all – coming through, donating, or even if you didn't donate, helping share the cause on social media, sharing it with your friends and all that, because of what y'all did to help us out. He got a signed football from Danny Werfel. He got great seats to watch the Gators beat up on the Vols, 38-14, which we will talk about momentarily. Um, that was his first time in Gainesville, period. And, I mean, y'all y'all know the story by now. He was a uh, U.S. Army veteran, Um Tragically, he got injured in a laser training accident in the army while doctors were looking at him in the aftermath of the incident. They discovered he had a rare eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa, which is eventually going to cost him his eyesight. His peripheral vision is already gone. Um, He has to walk with a cane. His wife, LaVonda, kind of has to help him move around. Um, But his central vision does work well enough for him to see what happened on the field last night. And... Again, we will talk about that momentarily, but um, again, everybody from the bottom of our hearts um, on behalf of Jen, of Taylor, of Matt, who was not able to join us, and of Anthony, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for helping make that happen. And on that note, a special shout out as well as an order to the fine folks at Stingray Branding who built the site for the Gator Good Foundation speaking of that site you can go find more information as it becomes available on our 2022 campaign which we will begin planning for shortly at gatorgoodfoundation.com you can also donate to help us get a jump start on our 22 campaign by visiting that site stingray branding y'all did an amazing job building our site we are happier than we could have possibly expected to be with the result so shout out to y'all as well if you need any sort of assistance whatsoever in the realms of digital marketing or app design or website building, anything in that nature, go to stingraybranding.com and they will take care of you. We are now going to get started on planning for our 2022 campaign. Uh, We will keep y'all updated on that. Um, Until then, that's a wrap for our 21 campaign. Thank you again. And uh, our 21 campaign. We got to see a game, Casey, in which the Gators did not look great to start the game. They did score first, went up 7 nothing, But the first half is a whole, kind of sloppy, a little nerve-inducing there. Second half, very different story. Gators pulled away, looked a lot like the team we thought they were going to look like. What stood out to you in the process?
0: You know, really, the second-half adjustments, I think, were great. I mean, we held Tennessee scoreless um, in the second half, which is hard to do in this league, especially in league play, even if you are Tennessee. It's hard to hold a team scoreless in the second half. So um, defense certainly came up big in the second half, um, but we've got some work to do, um, as Neil said. But I think that stood out to me, the slow starts, We've got to stop that. I mean that that happened during Alabama. Second week in a row. Yeah, um, and you know going to Lexington, it, that's that's not what it's not a trip that it used to be. Um, that was an automatic dub. Um, Kentucky certainly has earned my respect, um, and I think they've earned a lot of Gators respect over the last two years. So um, those second half adjustments were were great, um, but we need to clean up those first half woes what what about yeah, you Neil? so
1: so here's the thing this is the point in the pod where i typically would say something like you got to figure it out in terms of the first half um slow starts you got to figure it out before it burns us before it costs us it already did yep in the first quarter against alabama did cost us it happens again we lose the second game the season as far as championships aspirations are concerned they're done
0: especially an east game
1: like that yeah uh, maybe there's a game in jacksonville where we, we might want to not do that um, yeah, so that was obviously the main takeaway for me. The other one, the Tennessee tempo, and I, I will, I will administer a public mea culpa here. I wrote it off. I dismissed it. I thought, you know what? Yeah, everyone's talking about the Tennessee tempo. I'm not even going to bother discussing it because them going fast just means that they're going to go three and out faster, which is going to give us the ball more, which is going to tear, which is going to tire down their defense more, and it's going to be our easy recipe for an easy win for us that wasn't the case mr hampton no. that was not the case no and it makes you wonder <coughs> sorry <laughs> i have no voice after you last night i um, told you to keep drinking water yeah, man, yeah. and then you're yeah you keep saying yeah yeah and then you're sounding like typhoid mary over here all right all right this is bottle number two in the last like 20 minutes um yeah but that wasn't the case casey case casey ha 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 that wasn't the case um florida's defense didn't look ready. Um, I, some of that's got to be on Grantham. Obviously, he's the defensive coordinator. He is basically the de facto head coach of the defense. Some of that's got to be on the players. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. It's, uh,
0: you know, Florida has always had a problem with tempo. You know, you look back on teams that have tempo. I don't know, you know, particularly with Todd Grantham, it has been bad. Um, y- you, look at teams and what they've been able to accomplish against us when they have tempo. Um, it's, it's a problem. And I think it's presenting a blueprint on how to beat us, which is, which is a concern. Um, y- you know, looking at, you know, a tail of the numbers last night, um, y- you know, Tennessee had almost as many first downs as we did. They had 20 first downs versus our 25 first downs. Um, we were more efficient on third down than they were. Uh, They were five for 13 and nine for 14 was what the Gators were. Uh, We went for it on fourth down and did not make it. They went for it on fourth down and made it one time out of two. Um, What really concerns me, Neil, is we allowed this Tennessee team 423 total yards and uh, 148 of those came on the ground, but 275 in the air. And you think about that wide open um the bust. T- yeah, the bust yeah I mean that was a that was bad I mean that was it wasn't that he was
1: so wide open it was that we once one tackle was missed the touchdown was just like free I mean was, t- yeah t- Tyon
0: Evans caught a 47 yard pass from Hendon Hooker and maybe yes, yes the Tennessee six of
1: those <laughs> the Tennessee quarterback's last name is Hooker maybe six of those yards were in the air I mean that was a that that ball did not have a lot of air yards on it, I, um, it I watched, I watched the tape uh, briefly this morning just, like, in my bed on my phone in this hotel we're in. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's an example of, of getting blocked out. Maybe there's some disengagement drills our defenders could be doing. That's also a case of not being in the right position. Well, and where te- the,
0: the one that did have a lot of time in the air was the Javante Payton 75-yard pass that was in the second quarter where Tennessee actually took the lead, their first lead in the Swamp since 2015 um and they held that lead for eight minutes almost um and neil i i, I think uh, we can speak for there were some nervous people in the swamp there in that second
1: quarter um, we were two of them yeah, yeah we uh
0: and there were some very um what do we want to call those tennessee fans that were behind well
1: we'll, we'll, we'll just tell you all the story they had a bass pro shop hat on which okay but with, then with a mullet right but then 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 there's sunglasses on in a, in a night game yeah it's pitch black yep um and and they're yelling uh all kinds of x-rated sexual things uh Um, homophobic uh definitely some homophobic slurs Um, there's some racism in there oh yeah yeah there was definitely some
0: racism in there Mm -hmm. um it 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 was uh yeah the bass pro shop hat with a mullet um that were so chirpy in the first half but then in the second half they wouldn't even look at us as they Left the Swamp again.
1: It was so weird. I just wanted to be I, – I, you know, Casey, you know I am. I like to make friends, right? So when, when, when they're, you know, yapping away, I just said, hey, you know, I'm glad you guys are enjoying the game. I just want to make sure that you guys continue to enjoy it. I'm not about, like, temporary pleasure. I, I'm for, like, the long-term pleasure, right? So I turned around to them and I said, hey, guys, let's – you know, I'm glad you guys are happy, but I want to check in on you guys in a couple quarters and gauge your enjoyment levels then. And when I turned around like in the third quarter after the touchdown to make it 31-14, I turned around and I said, hey, guys, are you still enjoying yourself? Because because I just hate the idea of being built up just to get let down because that makes the end result just hurt even worse. And, you know, again, like I said, I'm all about continue to enjoy Anybody
0: Anybody that's listening to this podcast knows you weren't exactly that. D- diminutive towards them. No, I, I was it's okay. I was, I was it's okay.
1: I was being a bad person. <laughs> I was, you know, I was stooping to conquer, which is the only way to make these Tennessee fans ever learn anything. I was being mean, but but, but um,
0: going back to the game, yeah,
1: you know, we're, we're
0: let's just cut to the chase. Now. There, there are problems.
1: Let's, there let's, are good things to look
0: at, but there are problems. But let's let's just cut to the chase. What are we doing under
1: center? What are we doing under center? Well, so there we go. There's a debate between AR 15 and Emory Jones that everyone was debating on Twitter. I'm first of all, there's the fact that AR 15 was not fully healthy. Let's put that out there right away and set the table with that. He was not fully healthy. He was not going to play barring an emergency situation at the QB position. We are talking strictly in general, but having said that in general, I'm more on the EJ5 train than Casey is. I I fully acknowledge the fact that there are limitations with EJ5. I'm not going to sit here and act like the guy is Lamar Jackson the way that some people, you know, on Twitter were capping him to be. But but he is a winning quarterback for the Gators. He did fine last night. Was he outstanding? No. He did fine. He didn't throw a pick? He didn't throw a pick. How about that stat with 200 plus passing yards and a hundred plus running yards for the first time since Tim Tebow. I get it. I get it. So you can win games with them. And really the defense lost the game against Alabama with that awful first quarter. He did throw a pick that wasn't good, but yeah, I mean, I, I get that,
0: you know, it's, uh, that, that, that man is good with his legs. I cannot say that man is not good with his legs. He he is. He ran for 43 yards on a drive and capped it off with a nine-yard touchdown pass to Rick Wells. So, uh,
1: hat tip to Rick Wells. Welcome, welcome. Six years. Uh, yeah, welcome, man. Shout um, out to and shout out to Mark Long, by the way. I wonder if he has anything else to say about him other than that it took him six years to do something other than shoot a BB gun. Who, you know? Who? Uh, I I don't know who you're talking about, Neil. Yeah, that's right. We don't we don't acknowledge that guy. But no, seriously, shout out Rick Wells. I know anytime you're a 60 year senior and you're and you're breaking out for a, a program with the stature of the Florida Gators, it's a big deal. He's got to feel very good about himself, and he deserves to, which is which is awesome. But uh, yeah, QB debate. Um, AR fifteen was not healthy last night or Saturday night, depending on when you guys hear this. He was not fully healthy, but it, it begs the question, Casey, when he is healthy. EJ five has now gotten two back to back games against SEC opponents under his belt. He looked better in those two games than he did against FAU and USF. If you're Mullen, what do you do?
0: You know, I put out a tweet last night, and it was probably one of the biggest tweet um, activities that I've had. Um, one of the biggest tweet activities that I've had, and. Um, you know, I asked the question and, y- you know, folks, this isn't being a bad Gator asking a simple question, right? Um, because we all have our opinions. We all have our thoughts. Um, you know, there were some guys last night that wanted Anthony Richardson to be played behind us um, at the game. And obviously he's, he's, he didn't play, but. oh yeah, They were yelling. You know, I, the question is, would Mullen rather lose with Emory than win at any cost with Anthony Richardson? Now, if Anthony Richardson is injured, which, you know, we have no reason to believe that he's not, but the question is Dan Mullen's loyalty has been called into question multiple times, right. With Todd Grantham, Felipe, um, you know, going back to his days at Mississippi state with Manny Diaz. um, I don't know. I, I, You know, last year with Ron English, and granted, he did with Ron English what he needed to do, but we all saw with Ron English what Ron English was capable of, right? And it just took a bad year on defense. Dan Mullen's loyalty. How would you describe your thoughts and your feelings where we are with Dan Mullen's loyalty at the moment?
1: I mean, it's it's hard to really, like, look at the QB situation right now and say – Seriously say, yeah, he'd rather lose games with EJ than, than win with um, someone else, in this case, AR-15. But it, it is th- – there are points where you have to wonder about that, like against South Florida, when AR drives us down to the five-yard line with a beautiful ball to Copeland. His helmet comes off. He, he has to come out. That is, you know, that is, that, that is the rule. That, that's the law. He has no choice. But then EJ-5 runs one play. And then you don't go back to the guy that got you there. That's the kind of thing that makes me at least pause and think, maybe there is a little credence to that. It it sounds like a rhetorical question. Like you're just asking it sarcastically out of, you know, infuriation, but stuff like that does make me think like, maybe this guy in Mullen is willing to go up in front of the whole gator fan base, middle fingers up and go, you know what? I know better than you and I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to win. I don't really think that, but things like that do make me wonder.
0: And look, I, I you know, people were making the point on my post on Twitter last night that Dan mm-hmm. Mullen's the coach and he knows better and we just need to accept it. And Dan Mullen has obviously been a much, much better coach than certainly the last two excuses for sure. what we had on the sideline.
1: But Probably he's probably the third best coach we've ever had. True,
0: yeah, and I think so. I don't know
1: how you gauge like Ray Graves or Doug Dickey or even Bob Woodruff, but certainly in the probably modern Galen era. hall, don't
0: forget about Galen sure.
1: Hall. Sure. So maybe maybe fourth or fifth. Best and coach Charlie Hill.
0: Yeah, I I I don't know how. Yeah, again, I don't know how you you grade that, but I I I'm beginning to wonder: is he a good coach? A great coach? Take your choice. And I think he is not an elite coach, and that's not being a bad Gator and saying that. I don't mm-hmm. think he's an elite coach. It
1: wasn't being a bad Gator to say, well, Muschamp was a terrible
0: coach. So, but does he have it in him to be an elite coach? And we can go on about Kirby Smart and a- a- any of the other coaches, mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher in the league. But we're talking, this is a Gator podcast, and we're talking about the Florida Gators. Is Dan Mullen able to take it
1: to the next level and be an elite coach. He will he will have to stop letting his loyalty get in the way of making the best personnel decisions he possibly can. He's got the offensive mind. He is a brilliant QB developer. I think generally maybe not an elite, but he's a great play caller. He's a very good one at worst. Uh I mean sometimes he'll do some things that I'll kind of look at like all right, why are we running a QB draw with Kyle Trask on third and six? Why are we having Emery go five wide on second and two? Like, it makes me wonder, like, is that really the best result of the, you know, risk reward spectrum that you can possibly get on that down a distance? But I think that is typically regarded as a strength of his, and I think it fairly so. Um, back to Tennessee, though. Florida adjusted. In the second half, Casey, the first half we agree was ugly. It was grotesque. Um, they're down 14, 10. They do score at the end of the, f- the first half, make it 17, 14. Could have made it worse. There was a fumble by Copeland. Um, I mean, th- there could have been a block by another receiver to help him out. The receiver shall go nameless. Um, he could have held out of the ball. He fumbled. Tennessee goes out the field. They miss a field goal. Both teams blow opportunities for points there, but Second half is a different team. So we're in agreement that the first half, the slow starts, cannot keep happening or it will burn Florida in a fashion that costs them their championship aspirations. The second half, though, great teams do adjust. They do adapt. What do you think about that for the Gators? You know, I made it a point
0: to um, one of my really good friends, Tiffany, um, who uh, I've known for since 2003, who was at the game very much like family to me. Um, and Neil, I made it to you on the way home. Um, you know what that game really reminded me of? Not necessarily in a lot of reminiscent ways, but that game reminded me very much of what we saw from the Gators in 2012. Right? Making ugly first against half. Ten, against
1: Tennessee, Well, sure. it,
0: Well, really against a lot of teams you played that year. Ugly first half. Not exactly a prolific offense. An offense that did enough. Um, this offense is definitely better than 2012. Oh, well, no doubt. I mean, sure, but I'm just go with me here. That, and quit, that quit, distinction, quit, quit offering
1: your, your... that distinction. Has oh to be my god, stuff it! Just stuff it. Go for, ahead. Oh,
0: just stuff it for a minute, Debbie Downer Schulman. So, you know, it reminded me that the offense did enough, right? It, and I'm, this isn't comparing offenses; it's just comparing circumstances. Offense did enough defense did enough but making those key second half adjustments making sure that Tennessee did not have a first down that in the second half that really gave them momentum and they didn't get a second point they did not get another point.
1: No chunk plays, no serious threats until the last drive of the game, when the game was clearly out of hand. At which point, we were just hoping the Gators would cover the spread. Um, but yeah, there there is some good to be to be said there. Like Casey and I, you know, as the pod goes, the mantra goes: keep it respectful, keep it real. First half was not good. It was a barely a passing grade. We're not quite at grades yet, but that was like a D plus C minus effort of that first half. Second half gets like an A minus or so maybe B plus plus. wasn't perfect, but very good. Certainly. I, I just wonder though, maybe this coaching staff can get to a point and, and the players can get to a point where they're doing their, their job in the film room. They're being good students of the game and of their opponents with, it doesn't need to come down to second half adjustments. They can just, do what they have to do in the film room throughout the week, come out prepared against what film shows the other team is going to do, stop it, look better, and not have to rely on a second-half adjustment like that. Now, of course, there is the possibility that teams will not show something on film, save it for Florida, invent something new during that week, at which point there's nothing we can do about that if we haven't seen it on film. But the overall point is Florida's coaches and, and the players, this is the whole team thing, have to do a better job of coming out more prepared against the opposition. Yeah. I mean, Neil, what's one stat that stood out to you? Well, the obvious one is when Emory Jones throws for 200-plus and runs for 100-plus. That's something that hasn't been done since Tim Tebow. That's the stat everyone's talking about. Um, the stat to me, Emory Jones, zero turnovers which is something that I was asked about after the Alabama game by Dustin. Can Emery Jones be the quarterback that Florida needs to win a national championship or at least an SEC championship and make the CFP? I said, yes, he has to stop turning the ball over. He can't just cut it down from two and really should have been three against FAU and USF in limited game action. When he split the reps with Richardson, cut that down from three to one. I said, yes, he can be the quarterback. Florida needs to win a natty. But he's got to stop doing that. If Florida's going to win a natty with him or even compete for it, he's got to stop doing that. Well, guess what? Against Tennessee, he did that. Can he do it again against Kentucky? Maybe. But one game now in a row, he is at a streak of one turnover free games. So an improvement. True,
0: true. And, you know, I made that point earlier on the pod. I'm going to go a little bit deeper we lead the country in 400 plus yard games. We had a total of 500 yards last night. Yeah. Um this is this is impressive mm-hmm. and you know for those of us that had to endure 2010, 2011, 2012, 13, 14, 15, sure. 16, 17 sure. this is this is good. You know, the offense is at least becoming cons- mm-hmm. consistent, right? We don't have to necessarily worry that we need to beat Tennessee 10 to nine in the fourth quarter or rely on a 63
1: yard touchdown pass. Yeah. So
0: which happened twice. Yep. But we are making progress. We're making progress with a consistent offense. Now, is that offense perfect? Is that offense where we need it to be, to be elite? No, it's not even half of what last year's was, but but then again, but at least there wasn't the fall off the cliff, right. You know, that everybody worried about this year. So that's, that's a positive that I've got. So Neil, uh, in in uh, deference to letting people have their day back and us getting to watch football, NFL football, go Jags, go Giants, Kadarius Get- Tony, Kadarius Tony is healthy. It is his time today. Hey, hey, I'm just looking for my first win for my. Well, so so am I, but so. But in, in preference to that, let's uh, let's
1: give out uh, some grades, Neil. Final um, word time? Ready? Yeah,
0: final word time, man.
1: So, so well, grades come last. Um, first, we're going to go with our play of the game, player of the game, grades. And then we're off to a bar. to um, We're going to meet an FSU fan, by the way, TJ Pittinger. Shout out to him. We're going to give him a little. Oh, a- hey, f- Neil, Neil, what's FSU's record? I don't think they've won a game, have they? Oh, man. But, but it's weird that they've, they've played a lot of games, right? It's not yeah, like they're 0-1. I mean, uh, they're not 0-2. They've uh, they, they played more than three games, haven't they? they played, I think they played four. Oh, wow. and four for the first time since 1974. So, by the way, by the way, Casey and I, as, as fans, keep it respectful, keep it real. We're always going to be critical where necessary. We're going to be positive where necessary. Let's just take us one second, one second before getting onto the final word to point out it could be so much worse. And
0: for as bad as we were, even when we were at what we considered rock bottom, I don't know the last time Florida started 0-4 in a year. Even when
1: we were that bad, we It never, was 1979. I mean – Which is oh, – Yeah, yeah. The five years after we did it um, – five years after they last did it. But uh, – Dale, uh, Dude, they, you know, it's great to be a 4-8-er. Good luck getting your four this year. Good luck getting to four wins in 2021. Because now the schedule for them only gets harder. Well, and uh Neil, I
0: actually have a a, a correction for you. In 1979, we tied Georgia Tech, so we were 0-1-1. Oh, ten... one one, so we weren't. Oh, yeah, yeah. We tied Georgia Tech in that second game of that year. So good. It God. wasn't even that year. <laughs> so... Good God, man. <laughs> um, Neil, I just want to end that that point with going
1: oh oh, and four Four. Oh, oh and four you're just stealing what i did last night i you know in my in my like semi tipsy state last night after fsu lost to start the game i think it was like after the first drive for the game i stood up and started yelling that I said, hey everybody, announcement. FSU just lost to Louisville. They're 0-4. And then I did that. And now Casey's just pirated. Uh, it's
0: just, it's just but brilliant. it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's just brilliant.
1: All right. Just, yeah. We've got we've got NFL games to watch. We've got an FSU fan to rub it in his face. Um final word. Play of the game.
0: Play of the game, uh, I think is when uh, Damian Pierce rumbled into the end zone um i i I love that you know i love that we're back to a ground and pound attack that rushing game looked amazing last night um and i i was happy i mean i was really really happy um with that and uh shout out to malik davis um malik davis welcome back my friend welcome welcome alabama
1: can no longer be looked at as a fluke nor can the first two games no the, the guy is back he is healthy he is running angry he's running with a purpose May or may not have just hit my hand for the player of the game, but anyway, um, double pass touchdown—the double pass touchdown because that that was early in the second quarter. It gave Florida all the momentum they needed. That was the first time Florida led by double digits. That was the point where I thought, okay, we're gonna pull away. This is gonna be all right. We're gonna get our we're gonna get our cover. It w- it was a little close there at the end. We did cover, but that was the point where I thought, all right, we're gonna be fine because that that capped. A long drive for the Gators. Um, I believe that was a 78-yard drive. It was a six-plus 78-yard drive where we just flew down the field. Um, and then on the next drive, we did stop Tennessee on downs. Uh, but that that touchdown gave us our first real breathing room opportunity of the game. So that's going to be my, be my play of the game. Plus, it's always great to see a wide receiver touchdown.
0: Um, like now, I do have to give an honorable mention for my player of the game, Naquan Wright. Play, Nick, play. Oh. I do have to give a shout out um to Naquan Wright. Um that that run for twenty three yards into the end zone was 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 quite good. So I'm actually gonna tip uh my hand for the player of the game being Naquan Wright. Um Naquan Wright on offense, he was he was making blocks mm-hmm. last night, he made it happen. But Neil, I think w- we both agreed last night on defense, that game ball's gotta go to Trey Dean. I mean, Trey Dean yeah. had a good game last night. I mean, he was where he was supposed to be. He was making plays, making oh. blocks. He almost had a pick. Um, so, Trey Dean is my player on defense. What about you?
1: Yeah, Trey Dean's got to be the obvious pick. Um, in If, if it wasn't Dino, um, I'm going Emory. Because, I mean, this again, we can't say enough times. The guy's waited three years behind Felipe, behind Kyle Trask. He watches Trask become a Heisman Trophy favorite um, for a while at least. Then he's in a battle with Anthony Richardson in his fourth year. Go back to 2017 where he texts Dan Mullen, I want to be your quarterback after a, a sluggish, a, a not great start to his to his career as a starter for the Gators. Comes back from a bad first quarter, or at least one bad play against Alabama. Does well in that game. Shows that, although he did miss a couple receivers last night, we did see yeah. a couple of guys streaking open down the field. He played a smart game. He played a mistake-free game. And he was effective. I will
0: will say, that play where he missed
1: Justin Shorter over the middle. That that was bad. That was bad. But nonetheless, despite that, he did complete a pass on that play. He did complete a pass for a first down on that play. He did rush for 144 yards on 15 carries. And he did throw for 209 yards, 21 of 27, so he's efficient. Two touchdown passes. And really, he did miss a couple receivers, but he didn't – miss them in a sense that it hurt the team. Like there was always a check down or a completion to another receiver or he'd take off for positive yardage. So there's missing open receivers, which not good, but then there's also missing receivers and getting sacked throwing a pick, you know, take, trying to take off and, and fumbling. So his, his bad plays like Anthony Richardson's um, against FAU and USF that Mullen was talking about, His bad plays were still net positives for the Gators. So he gets my player of the game, not. Um, On the grades, Casey, offense, defense, special teams, coaches, overall grade from zero to 100. Let's do them rapid fire so we can go watch our football.
0: Uh, Offense, I'm going to give an A-. Um, And the reason it's a minus is because that first half, they did look sluggish. Second half, they came out firing. Defense, I'm going to give a B because – They kept Tennessee in that football game and gave them hope in that first half, but they clamped down in the second half. Special teams, there really wasn't much to talk about. What's your
1: your default grade, like when there's nothing positive or negative? Uh, B-plus, maybe. I mean, because we didn't miss a field goal, and we didn't miss an extra point. Um, Punts were good. Yeah. There was a touchback. You would have liked to have seen the guys get down and down at the one, but – I mean, I think it bounced off of one of them, but, I mean, that's – yeah, okay. it hit like a foot inside the end zone. Coaching.
0: Yeah. Um, this is the interesting one. Gosh, um, you know, I really, Neil, don't feel that I can give anything more than an a B, but I'm going to say incomplete because I need to know when Anthony Richardson is healthy, what his choice is going to be, mm-hmm. um, to 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 give mm-hmm. a good answer on that. Incom- Overall. Um A minus. I mean, we took care of business. We covered the spread. We beat Tennessee, which is what we were supposed to do. Yep. Um and we made the second half adjustments that we were supposed to do. So,
1: yep. Neil? Offense is going to get a B. Um it that's that, that's kind of my throwaway grade when it's not great, not terrible. They did good things. You'd like to have seen Anthony Richardson. Um but again, he wasn't healthy, so I you know, would have liked to have seen what happens if he's in the game, but you can't. Uh, Damian Pierce, Billy Davis run angry offensive line. Shout out to them again. Yep. Second straight week against an sec opponent where they did their jobs. They're going to get a B um, because the first half was kind of sluggish. Second half, much better uh, defense defense. Yeah. Defense is going to get a B minus because the first half, those busts can't happen. The, the two long touchdowns against a team like a Georgia, where the where the Georgia defense is really good and points are gonna be at a premium. That's going to cost us the game. We didn't play Georgia. We got our win, but those things have to be cleaned up. So b minus still you know, a good but not great grade. Special teams. I, I would say that that special teams is where the incomplete grade is probably more applicable, but i'll I'll say I'll say b minus slash c plus as like a throwaway default grade. Jeremy Crawshaw was good. Um, Jace Christman did a good job on field goals. Did not miss an extra point. Um, we didn't kick off out of bounds, which is always, which is always the thing I look for because that's such an easy, obvious thing to not do when you just blast out of the end zone coaching is where it gets interesting with my grades. I had a rule at the end of last year after the cotton bowl, where I said, if Florida gives up 425 yards of offense or more in a game, the coaching gets an auto F because Todd Grantham should not be back they towed that line Casey they were very close 423 yards but not 425 which was three less than the average of 428 yards per game that they allowed last year hence the um hence that number um the first half wasn't good he should have been more ready for Tennessee's tempo we did adjust in the second half so that counts for it some I will say C uh, because they did tow that line of 425 yards the first half, you should have been more prepared for the tempo. You knew that was what Josh Heupel was gonna do. He's done it all his life as a head coach and as an offensive coordinator. But I'm gonna say C. Um, they did get the job, it's a pat done, it's it's a passing grade, it works. Uh, those are my grades. And from zero to hundred, I'm gonna say Florida gets a seventy-nine point five. Whatever. I give him an eighty-five. I'll give them okay. an 85. Because, because the first half was, was – yeah, But
0: they did what they needed to they do did. in
1: the second But, half. like, 79.5, that's a passing grade. You, you
0: pass eh, the class. Come on. You know, they they did what they were supposed to do. They won the game.
1: And you they know did. what? That's 16 out of the last 17 against Tennessee. I mean – So that's, that's a great way to end the pod, by the way. Five straight, 16 of 17, 29 and 7 against Tennessee – since the end of the vietnam war this is not a rivalry
0: no this is no longer this rivalry. i will and neil i did my research the last time the florida gators started zero and four was 1971 and they started at they actually started zero and five duke at mississippi state alabama tennessee and lsu and they their combined (laughs) score uh was 193 for the opponents and Thirty-three for the Gators.
1: My parents were in high school, but hey, their first win that year was against Florida State. Sure, of course, <laughs> so, of course it was. So they can't even get, they can't even trash yeah. us about that. Um, Casey, any any final thoughts before we? I
0: just hope these Gators are ready. Six o'clock on Saturday under the lights in Lexington. Um, you know that stadium Trap game. That, yep, this this uh, that has not been an easy place for us to play in twenty fifteen. 2017 or 2019 and I know 2013 the score you know we were scared there for a little uh, bit yeah we Fake were field
1: goal yep kind
0: of shades yep. of
1: LSU of 2010 you know? so
0: you know that and it's seemingly always a night game up there um every year every every year it's year. always a night game up there every single year since like 2005 and you know they they're ready I mean they're 4-0 um now granted they've had some issues this year with the opponents that they played, but, and they have not played the opponents that Florida's played, but they're going to be ready. They're going to yep. be ready under the lights. We better, so be two. we better be too. We better be too. So with that folks have a good rest of your week. And thank you guys for listening. Um, as always. It- and shout out to our uh, other co-hosts who couldn't be here today. Uh, shout out to Dustin. Uh, he is with a uh, van full of screaming middle schoolers. Uh, yeah. So
1: looking it down. Uh, I think I, i4 maybe oh god that yeah. just sounds terrible um, um a- anything involving i4 is terrible we drove I- by I-, it I-, I may be i may make it up he's no it's just not i4 you know he's coming back from daytona beach so well that's I- i4 it is yeah oh well. so, 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 well, so well, not shout not-4. out to dustin
0: but uh we hope you all have a good rest of your week please be safe uh please make good choices this week and let's go get a dub in lexington on saturday night
1: Sounds like a plan to me, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you don't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a nice review if you have not already done so. Casey, Dustin, and myself would very much appreciate that. Rocky Top, you'll always be the Gators' September feast. Good old Rocky Top. Woo! Last in the SEC East. Go Gators, y'all. Go Gators. That's a show.